day as if it was the last Live my day as if there was no past Doing it all night, all summer Doing it the way I wanna Yeah, I'ma dance my heart out till the dawn But I won't be done when morning comes Doing it all night, all summer Gonna spend it like no Welcome to another edition of the Pixel and Roll Show, where we discuss a team that has made an NBA coaching hire, your Washington Wizards. Hello everyone, this is Adam McGinnis. It is April 21st, 2016. Happy belated 420. Hopefully everyone has landed safely from their holiday high. Every day is 420 here in the nation's capital as we have quasi-legalization. The weather has been sublime. Unbelievable. It is 70 every day. Spring is here. I am finally happy, so I'll not bitch about the weather anymore on this podcast, which is ends up being the lead all the time. But it, it, it has made me uh, go running this week. I am training for a 10K. I've been hoodwinked to another 10K with, with my friends uh, next month. Uh, so when you get, when you get home... You know, from work or school or what's not, you're like, ah, a little chilly, a little too cold. Uh, You know, I'll go go work out tomorrow. Then (laughs) if you look outside, you're like, it is the perfect weather. So, yes, training has started. Uh, The last time I ran this 10K, uh, it's next month for Capitol Hill Classic uh, for a benefit for a school on Capitol Hill. It was two days after the Paul Pierce uh, shot that did not count the last game of the Wizards season against the Hawks, Game Five on Friday night. Uh, I went on a bender. Uh, the, the 10K was rough. I almost collapsed around RFK. So I'm I'm starting to train early. So this time I'll be better prepared. But uh, obviously the lead is Scotty Brooks is the new coach of your Washington Wizards. And hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on it. I'm not going to just jump up and do jumping jacks and love it. I know you probably want some hot takes. I'm sure everyone listening here has their own. I just haven't measured analysis. You know, it's not the, not the high that I would do, but they, but they, could, they could do worse. And they, they, they targeted their person. They, they went out. Uh, they, they pointed at the money. They put up the resources. It's going to be a five-year deal for $35 million at $7 million a year, which is elite money is as much as any coach makes an NBA that does not is not also a GM and you know hey you have to commend the organization for targeting the person they want and going out to make it happen now with that said we obviously understand that the process of how this went about and the fact that Ernie Grunfeld is still calling the shots makes everyone pissed off and I feel you uh, he's a lame duck GM, essentially, and he's making these huge-ass decisions. 
and it doesn't make any sense to, to most people why this is happening, but you have to analyze it in the sense of a vacuum. Unfortunately, it's, it's like, I'm going to analyze the Scott Brooks hire in a vacuum. Is he qualified? Yes. Is He's been a long-time assistant. He led a young group of the Thunder to the finals. He has a winning record. He was the coach of the year. Uh, other teams wanted him. He he had some offers potentially. Not, not so much offers, but he was in the running for maybe the Rockets job that's going to open up once that miserable team is done getting beat by the Warriors, even though they won, t- they won uh, tonight. Uh, and then also uh, the, the Lakers were in play. So, hey, Scotty Brooks wants to be in D.C. Got to give him credit. Got to give the organization credit, the ownership credit. But, oh, you know there's a but. But once again, his, his, his flaws and his faults are almost verbatim and similar to Randy Whitman's, which causes everyone to pause. And, and then they did not interview anyone else. And there's all these assistants and all these people. There was a report by J. Michael and Comcast that other agents for other coaches wanted to get meetings with the Wizards. They didn't even take their meetings. I mean, do we have to have like a, a, a Rooney rule here for uh, uh, NBA basketball? Can we get some interviews for other dudes? I mean, I feel you. It is, the process seems off. And that is, that is my contention. And it's probably a lot of your contentions that are listening. And it's all valid. You know, it all has merit. But the bottom line is that Scott Brooks is a qualified NBA coach. And I'm going to give him a fair shake. You know, just like I gave Randy Whitman a fair shake when he was 4-28. and And wanted to see what he would do. And he, he led them to as much as this team could do. Which was, you know, two playoff wins and mediocre, underachieving regular seasons. And a flame out this year in tragic fashion. But... The plan still remains, and and since Ted Leonson still does not want to talk to anyone, uh, refuses interviews, does not talk about what this plan is, uh, Ernie Gruffalo's press conference was a disaster. I mean, go try to listen to that without wanting to just be like, why am I a fan of this team? I I don't understand that the franchise, the organization realizes the effect it has on the fans and the followers, and part of me wants to pause and say, they don't care about them. I don't think that's true. I don't. I just sometimes think that they struggle with the media relations. Like Ted went from like, "Oh, I'm going to blog every day," and you know maybe uncutting some messages of his coaches or his GM or strategy. And in, in, in the in the Caps GM told him to stop, and and he would get you know it's good for the blogging business, and and it would it was good for chatter online, especially on Twitter. And now there's nothing from from Ted Leonsis and Monumental, and and maybe it's maybe it's for the best. But right now in this in this tenuous situation of this team, I would I would like for him to explain and answer these questions of why you've decided to keep Ernie Grunfeld and fire Randy Whitman. What is your plan? Has anything changed? But here's the deal. The real deal is the real, and why the hell, once again, I'm explaining this to you, you've listened to this podcast, but I'm going to reframe it. The plan has not changed. It's a three-year plan, and it's going after Kevin Durant, and hey, hiring his ex-coach for the Thunder, if that means an, if that moves the needle a little bit closer to their plan, hey, you know, can't hate him on that, you know, why not? Like, your plan is to get Kevin Durant to come back home. Uh, what up, Mama Durant, Wanda Pratt, 
Uh, what up, Tony Durant, uh, Kevin's brother. I, f- I feel like those are the two people uh, that that are going to make the decision just as much as Kevin is, not so much Scott Brooks or whatever we all do or how many times we hashtag KD to DC. But, but the thing is, is that he still is a competent coach. So it's not so much your, like this assistant coach for his high school, like coached in women's basketball, was an assistant, and now he's on NBA staff. Like That's kind of dicey. Scott Brooks had other people who wanted to hire him. You know, $7 million a year, a little pricey, but there's no salary cap on coaching. There's no salary cap on coaching. And, you know, hey, once again, like I said, the Wizards did the resources to, to make it happen. Now, what is plan B? What happens in two years? Does Scott Brooks see this five-year, five-year coaching uh, contract out? Uh, that is doubtful. And, and all the antagonism and all the anger and the angst, I guess antagonism, that's not the word, angst that the fans and the followers have of this move is about Scott Brooks not being able to take Kendrick Perkins out, not being able to figure out substitutions, uh, vanilla offense. But his strength really has been developing young players, and this team has Beal Wall, Oubre, and Porter, who are, who are going to be instrumental uh, in the progress of this franchise. And if he can get the most out of them and what other guys they can bring in, hopefully younger, even though we have no draft picks, so I don't know what they're going to do with that. And hey, I, I feel like it's a win in that, in, in that sake. And once again, I'm going to uh, be pissed about the process, be upset like everyone else that lame duck Ernie Grunfeld is making these decisions. And But I feel that everyone has to give Scott Brooks, who's a competent coach, who's qualified, who's paid his dues in this league, was a player, assistant coach, uh, knows what's up. And from all reviews of how he handles the media and how he, how he is, he seems to be a straight-up dude. And then I also did a deep dive tonight, and I found out that he is a, a Cal Irvine anteater. He is really a really, that was his school. He went to TCU, transferred to JUCO, ended up starring for the anteaters. Who knew? I had no idea. Uh, Scotty Brooks, the anteater. The first part of this podcast is me and Jake summarizing the events in detail what happened the last wild week here of the Wizards, where the reports of Randy Whitman, the last game, how everything shook out? It, it was it was crazy, and then we go into to, to Ernie Grunfeld and and the coaching search. Knowing Ernie Grunfeld very well and how he goes about things, I realized that there was not going to be a coaching search. That Scott Brooks was their person, and then they're going to make it happen. So at the back end of this podcast. Me and Jake discuss Scott Brooks in length, do some pros and cons. Uh, we don't really go into the other other coaches. We talk about the kind of coaches we want, but we really went into Scott Brooks on a deep dive because we knew, we predicted, we knew we predicted, we know this well. It's almost annoyingly how much we know how things are going to shake out, that Scott Brooks seemed to be their target and at the end of the week that this would happen and it has happened before I was able to publish this podcast and also what I, what I love talking about Jake Whitaker aside from him knowing more about the, the Wizards in this franchise as much as I do even though he's way younger than me which upsets me uh, <laughs> is that I just go on these rants and at the end I'm like right? You're listening to me Jake right? You're listening to me right? You know like whoa what kind of terrible interview skills is that Adam? Uh, and then yes, he's measured. He gives his opinions. He you know, he has some humor here and there, 
but yeah, man, he knows his shit. It's a really good discussion. Anyone likes his team will really enjoy his his viewpoints. And I go off on a whole, you know, multiple rants over and over about you know the franchise and the drafting and what the hell is going on. What is Plan B if this KD to DC doesn't happen? Which you know we need it to happen at this point. I am more KD to DC than ever because I don't really see a way out of this franchise other than that, unless just some really good luck. If not, we are just going to basically be a team that's a 4-8 to eight seed uh, in the NBA until John Wall decides if he wants to he wants to peace out. But anyway, sorry to uh, depress everyone. And, you know, uh, but yes, thank you continually for listening. Somehow the, the downloads are going up again and again. I guess... You're supposed to write some reviews on iTunes. I don't know. Make that happen. I don't have any reviews. So the first person that gets a review on iTunes, I will personally give you something. Uh, I have some extra playoff towels and some bobbleheads, or I'll find some type of Wizards thing to, to make it happen. Or maybe I'll just, you know, shout you out. Or hell, maybe if you know enough about the Wizards, uh, I'll get you on as a guest because, you know, this is my random ass podcast. But <laughs> who knows? Who knows? The invites are always open. But anyway, thank you so much, uh, everyone, for listening. And this is the second part of my conversation with Jake Whitaker. Would you think last week was one of, especially the middle of the week, was one of the most wild things that you have seen covering this team from a media standpoint and as a fan? I mean, not the wildest. We've seen yeah, some it, wildest, but it was up there, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it wasn't uh, the Golden Gun no, uh, no. episode. But, um, Finger it, it was guns. Bookie ball, finger buns. Well, speaking of bookie ball, uh, uh, which would be uh, Peter Vesey, which broke the story of the New York Post, which I would argue really screwed Gilbert Arenas, uh, that that story is broken on January 1st, because everyone in their, everyone is off of work, everyone's hungover, everyone's watching football, and scrolling down below is Gilbert Arenas reporting the Washington uh, New York Post, guns in the locker room. That ripped, because he'd actually already got the gun in the locker room, uh, you know, he said he, the month prior, which nobody seemed to really care about. I mean, people cared, and the story was ended up being kind of BS, but it wasn't the national story. And man, did that just wildfire, NBA players, uh, you know, guns in the locker room. But the reporter is Peter Vesey, was in the New York Post, uh, a, a guy named Bookie Ball, who ends up supposed to be a friend of Jer- Jarvis Crittenden. I don't want to get into all the whole stories again, but Peter Vesey's back, and not only is he retired, he doesn't even write for anyone, and he tweets out uh, on the morning of the Wizards' last game that John Wall, uh, he heard from people, sources, that John Wall uh, has not been playing because he's been suspended, because John Wall got in a fight with his coach and Randy Whitman and in the locker room, and he's lost the leadership and respect of his players. I'm I am kind of paraphrasing the tweets. They ran like rampant fire. I got blocked by Peter Vesey by asking him about bookie ball. Uh, so I did not see, I did not see, he basically blocked me, uh, uh, which I thought was hilarious. I know that you wrote uh, a big uh, story, but a big lead I did, did some stuff. I kind of pushed back on him. Uh, you wrote a very, I thought, fair piece about it. They asked John Wall. He said it was BS. He, uh, Mike Goss, a bunch of players, said it was BS. Uh, during the morning, uh, this is also on the heels of reports that Randy Whitman has, is going to get fired uh, after this game. Right. Uh, those are those are those are simultaneously happening. Uh, you know, 
uh, one horse that threw it out to Rashad. I talked about some of his podcast about how he thought he was going to get fired Thursday morning is what he had heard. Uh, so you talk about this, this is the Peter Bessie story because you wrote about this. I thought it was a very fair thing that you compiled. Let's just start with, with just all the, how that thing just went rapid fire. Just the internet in general of how it all works. Oh, Peter Vesey still, who doesn't write or doesn't do anything, but he still has enough clout to just tweet a couple of things and then just becomes fact with headlines. <laughs> At 3.40 in the morning, nonetheless. <laughs> Is that what it started? 3.40? Oh, my God. Did you get, like, a back phone? Did you, like, yeah. like, like, you wake up and you're like, all of a sudden you're a phone or uh, everything's just... Fired away. It's like, oh no, yeah. Peter Bessie is like, is going to destroy my morning. <laughs> yeah, like, like my first reaction was kind of like, let let's kind of see, like, what the internet does with this. Yes, and kind of uh, like should you ignore know, it, but they don't, right? They should have ignored it. Yeah, well, and it was like the first people to really jump on it were Peter Vesey, Jason McIntyre, and Colin Coward. Oh God, and so. <laughs> It's like, let's let this roll out a little bit more. Kind of, you know, <laughs> like if there's some sense. Oh, God. Um, you just named, like, three people I hate most in the media, I believe. Three of them, but keep going. So it was kind of like, let's let's see how this plays out. Let's let it simmer, you know, simmer a little bit. <laughs> I think there, you know, I, you know, Jorge and J. Michael kind of got to the bottom of it. Or, you know, at least... They presented a side of it that I think makes sense. That it was just kind of a a thing that kind of got blown out of proportion. Um, you know, regarding you know, I think John Wall was arguing about like some referee call during practice, and you know that kind of makes sense. The one thing I'm still kind of curious about is, you know, you know, someone had to kind of leak that to him. Yes, and the question is. I would they leak it to him first of all, and secondly, why in that way? Like, is it? Are they trying to smear Wall? Are they trying to smear Whitman? Are they trying to smear both? It's it's very very weird. Grunfeld, maybe. And, There's a lot of angles, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's kind of. Well, how about this? How about this? How, how, well, it's always like smoke and fire with Peter Messi, right? Like, he always has some type of nugget. And I was talking to Rashad about it. And, and you know, we're, of course, we're just like, you know, his 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 credibility is shot. And he has a whole list of reasons I don't want to get into. But it also was like, okay, there's a nugget in here of truth, right? Like, there's a little bit. He's not going to have all the details right. But there was some nugget of truth. There was a fight in the locker room. You know, Grant, or not a locker room, you know, during a, it was a pickup game before the Nets game, actually. But the thing is, is that all these other things weren't true. But who was the one that even gave that partial story to him? He's not involved. He doesn't live here. Who does he know, right? And, and, and it's not like the Wizards are a very leaky kind of place, right? Yeah. That is yeah, bizarre. Yeah, and I just... And what was their angle? Like, what's Peter Vesey's angle? Or the person leaking it? What's their angle to even give him... Partial information, right? Yeah, and it's kind of like, I mean, I the the easy connection would be, you know, there's some kind of thing, you know, because Grunfeld was with the Knicks back in the '90s when Jesse had a lot of clout. I mean, not that I think Grunfeld himself would do that, of course, but 
maybe someone that has an axe to grind even with Grunfeld, maybe, that somehow has some inside info. It's, it's, it's very weird. Yeah, it's very <laughs> like, it's, No, it is bizarre because Peter Vesey actually reported on, like, Grunfeld's contract terms, like, in 2012, you know, when Grunfeld was going through, would he get an extension, would he wouldn't? It was, like, the first time I've actually seen someone, like, report on his contract terms. It's like, how did you get that information? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just... This, and, you know, of course, different reporters are going to run with different, you know, kind of have different kind of um, levels of like sourcing and, you know, it, I, I don't know. Bessie, that, that was just, I, I, and the thing, I, like, at first when I saw it, because, you know, of the timestamp, I was like, is he like drunk tweeting? Something? Yes, right. Like, you know, it was like kind of something like, but, but he didn't delete it and it's just kind of up there and it's just, I, I don't know, but I, I felt really bad that, like, there was a chance, like, that we could have another Randy Whitman, Michael Lee situation on what was probably going to be Randy Whitman's final night, and it turned out it was. Okay. <laughs> it was just kind of, like, all these weird things. Well, it was just kind of... Well, no, I agree. So this sets the backdrop of where I want to get into of... Oh my goodness! There's a game tonight, and the game's at eight o'clock, and and all of a sudden this whole you know hubbub's coming, and all of a sudden there's a press release a press release email sent out to everyone who covers the team, and it says, oh hey by the way oh, we're gonna have end of season interviews t- today, uh, which anyone for those for those wanting to know is that I've covered this team since 2010. It is always after the last game. Uh, the next morning, every single player gets into season interviews. They do a physical. They talk to everyone. Blah blah blah. And you cut. You know, it's kind of you know the season's over. You can kind of talk about what they're going to do this summer. You know, it's pretty much some of their last experiences of being a wizard. I remember watching uh, Nick Young drag his bag of all his stuff. Never. Uh, and then he did come back and got traded. But also they all. Uh, it was what was his name? Uh, the Chinese dude that was on our team. That guy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I remember him having all this stuff and he was trying to find where to go. Yeah, Yi, Yi, Yi. Oh, poor Yi. Uh, you know, so it's kind of funny you see other stuff in a, in a, in a, you know, the whole locker room getting carried out because most some, especially if you don't have a contract and you're going across the country, you're going to take all your stuff. But anyway, it's, it's, it's a good time to reflect on the season. You can ask kind of anything you want to ask. The Wizards released a press release that they're going to do it after the game because they're going to have physicals after the game. So the game's at eight. Uh, now they're gonna have everyone do a physical at eleven o'clock, and then let everyone stay after a meaningless game versus the Hawks on a Wednesday night when Kobe's going. Kobe's last game's happening. And the Warriors are going for a record, uh, which everyone wants to watch. Instead of having it in the morning like you normally have. Now this obviously led everyone to believe that it's because Randy Whitman's getting fired. I don't know why they couldn't have just done it in the morning. Uh, they thought it was awkwardness. I, I obviously what I felt like they wanted to do was. To just make it where no one could ask him any questions about Randy Whitman getting fired uh, is what they were doing. Uh, really bizarre, really weird. So this is the backdrop of going in there. But but Jake, before I talk about what it was like to actually go to the arena that night, what about John Wall's injury here? Now now he doesn't talk. Mister Bookie Ball, Wubermonger, Peter Vesey does not talk about it in this. Uh, but it was weird timing in the sense that John Wall does actually never plays again after this this scrimmage. You know this. Like, like, he doesn't replace again right. the rest of the season, which no one really mentions, but he shuts it down, essentially, for that Brooklyn game at home. 
and then doesn't when he doesn't play for the Pistons, and John Wall has been a warrior over the past few years, and they're still mathematically uh, live. Me and Rashad threw out some speculations, conspiracy theories. We, not that we believed in any of them. We just once again thought that was very odd that the one player to shut it down before the most important mathematically game of the season would be John Wall. And then I don't know where that came from. And, and why was he playing in these other games, like the Suns or the Lakers, if he had a knee injury? And then it just came up, happened to come up in the same practice, and now Peter Vesey is saying that he got a fight with Randy Whitman, and then he never plays again the rest of the year, especially the game that he needed to play the most. I don't know. What's going on here? Am I, am I, am I overthinking this, or is there some weird stuff going on here, Jake? Well, well, here's the... Th- I got no you know, sources. By the way, I got no, so- I got no, so- I got no sources here, personally, right. for the people yeah. listening. I'm just trying to put the pieces yeah. together. Yeah, nor do I. Nor do I. Yes. Uh, the, uh, the Winchester uh, Wizard <laughs> sources. Not great. Um, but, um, yeah, the thing was, Vesey said it was before the Pistons game. And see, if it had been before the Pistons game, he had already missed the Nets game Yeah. before that, which is a whole, you know, Bessie messing with details and just all sorts of weird stuff. But my lean was just always that he was probably injured. And, it, like, you know, I, I just I can't really buy the whole conspiracy about him sitting out, I think it was just something to realize once his knee started swelling up there against the Nets. Well, I mean, before the Nets game, they just kind of said, well, you know, we can't risk the future of our franchise trying to chase a, you know, a 3% shot here. And I mean, and if, if you believe that, then, you know, credit to Whitman for, you know, I guess making the right move even though, you know, he probably knew that not making the playoffs was curtains for him to say, you know, we can't do this. We can't, you know, run wall out there if his knees all swollen and, you know. Well, he, he did get it drained. He did, he did go to the hospital and get drained. I mean, that's, that was reported. Right. And, and it's just like, to me, it's just, Whoever, you know, had the to grind with whatever was leaked, I think it was just kind of a convenient way to kind of go for a conspiracy angle. But I, I think at the end of the day, the only logical answer is that Walt was injured. Walt and was injured and Russell. I just can't all this is how. just weird timing. It's just bad timing. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's just you know, Occam's razor. Good. I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad you believe I'm glad you say that because that's what I believe and want to believe and and do believe personally just because I know John Wall. I don't see John Wall not playing in games when he can play just because he wants to fire Randy Whitman. It's just not his personality. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. He doesn't really care who it would be because he cares more about his teammates. He cares about his you know own brand, his own his own legacy, his own you know going up. You know, personal personal stuff like as a competitor. I don't see them be like, oh yeah, you know. Now, could is could you see where he was fifty fifty and it's kind of like, all right, screw it, let's shut it down. Like their chances of not making it are slim to begin with. Yeah, I can maybe see that more. Yeah, I, I, I can see that more so well, than I can see just I, him I, being like, I can go, but I'm not going to go because I don't want Randy Whitman gone and because I got in a fight with him, so f him, <laughs> right? Like we play this out. Yeah, well. <laughs> 
nice things about him, I believe, during that um, final press conference there. Yes, he did. You know, before his physical uh, to wrap up the season. Yes. Um, you know, yes. he said nice things. Well, and, and I don't know if you saw um, Gortai, actually. Um, you know, someone asked him on Twitter about, you know, are you glad that Whitman's gone? And, you know, he said something about the, to the extent of, you know, the, the frustrating thing is that he's a good coach. Yes. And, you know, you would think Gortat would have more of an axe to grind than anyone, you know, with the way that, you know, Whitman kind of yanked around his minutes and called him out, you know, to an extent that really no one else got. Yeah, they call him soft, right? So, call, call him soft. I, I thought that was, yeah, no, he, yeah, tw- he tweeted he, tw- he tweeted back to some guy that he didn't want him, that he, I wouldn't say he said he didn't want him fired, but he just kind of intuited that that's not what he wanted, right? Or something. All right, but let's go back. So I go to the, I go to, so I go to, I go to, uh, so John Wall is going to speak before the game because he's not playing. Uh, so we go there, John Wall comes out, uh, you know, asks us questions. It's actually in the last podcast, or, you know, really have to go into that. It's about 10, 10, 15 minutes, just, you know, I asked him about Team USA. Everyone asked about the season. You know, he said all these things that we already went over. Someone did ask him about Whitman. He said nice things. And then the second time, what I felt was a Freudian slip, which you never end up getting to write about because Whitman ends up getting fired so shortly after that it didn't matter. But if this would have lingered on a little bit, he was like, you know, you know, Whitman, he was like, you know, whoever we have here or Whitman, it was just basically, he like caught himself saying like another coach, but then said, it was like, oh shit, Whitman's still the coach. Let me say his name. And I was like, oh, yeah. so you already know, dude. You know, like, and I caught yeah. that at the end. Uh, I, I did go, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, which they didn't tell us, they go, oh yeah, hey, by the way, uh, we're going to have Bradley Beal speak. I'm like, really? Once again, no heads up, no nothing. I have no yeah. idea that Bradley Beal is going to talk. This is typical uh, Wizards PR. So, hey, actually, sure, I'll get Bradley Bill. You know, I thought I some questions. He talked about the same time. You know, when it's, you know, go listen to the last podcast. I talk, you can listen to that and talk about what I said. But I asked him a question about Whitman, and I should have framed it better because uh, I know that him and Gortat do not like him. I actually have source, sources, not me personally, but I basically have people back that up that, that they were, they, were, they didn't see eye to eye with many women. They were ready for a change. Uh, so I kind of just asked him what he thought as a coach, and He's like, hey, you know, he's harsh on him. And I was going to follow up to be like, you know, who would you like to see as your next coach? And it just wasn't the time to do that, right? So the game goes on. Yeah. And this was, the game goes on. I end up leaving a half. Uh, after the game, I see Whitman's press conference. I think Hoops District uh, had a live stream of it. So I'm watching it at home. Uh, Whitman, you know, again, kind of emotional, talking about his, you know, he had a rough year, you know, like personally. So he's talking about that. And, yeah. Uh, I got kind of, I kind of felt felt sad for him because even even Jake, I felt sad from a humanity standpoint. Is the first person I saw when I entered the Verizon Center building uh, that evening was I ran into Randy Whitman's wife <laughs> and I said hello. Oh. She said hello back. And I kind of was like, oh man, God, this is super awkward already. The first person I run into is his wife. She's always been really nice to me, you know. And I, it's kind of those things where you kind of feel bad, but then again, don't, don't feel bad. You know, hey, they make millions of dollars. This is what they sign up to do. But, you know, even as a human, you know, call myself softy sometimes on that point. But, hey, you know, it's a, it's a camel business and bottom line, and he didn't get it done. But you forget the human element sometimes, I, f- I feel like people do. But, he, you know, he's talking about his, 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 in the press conference, he's talking about, you know, this tough year. But then he ends it, and he goes, okay, what I found striking. Two things I felt 
he said, he said, oh, everyone yelled at me because, you know, you didn't play small, you didn't play small, and then we played small, and then we did well, and then I read last week, people were talking about going big, and I was like, who, first of all, who, you, you read any, any things that we, that we write? I feel like you've never admitted that ever in the five years I've been covering you, uh, four years, four and a half years of covering you, and second of all, who the hell wrote recently that to go big was the answer? We just said this earlier. So I don't know if he was making that up, dude. Yeah. Like, who, I can't, the thing is, I read, you read everything. Who was out there actually wrote the Wizards need to go big? Now, maybe there was some like suggestive headline that, you know, someone's trying to say, oh, they went small, and this is why they're playing bad. Maybe he's inferring that. Those two things struck out to me. But the last one was, he said he's going to come to work tomorrow, Jake. Uh, he's going to keep coming to work no matter what. He's going to come to work. Uh, ten minutes later, they literally were waiting for him to this press conference to end. And escorted him to an office with the reporters watching him go into the room where Grunfeld and Tommy Shepard fired him. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It's a livelihood, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's watching press conference of a dude talking about, you know, his, his flip dying and his rough year and they wanted to be better and everyone's mad about these things and he's going to come to work tomorrow and bam, here comes the axe uh, uh, five minutes later after his press conference. Really bizarre, Jake. What's your thoughts of all this before? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I almost, yeah, because I know there was also a quote there about, like, you know, he was kind of proud about, like, how they fought for him in the last game yes, or something. Yes, he did. They didn't quit. He said they didn't quit over the last week or so, right? A couple weeks. Right, yeah. And, you know, it, it's kind of a, a good way to kind of brand yourself if, like, you know that, you know, what's on the other side of the curtain. I guess. <laughs> do, you, do you think he knew? And so, yeah, yeah, I mean... He, he had to know, right? I think he did. Okay. Yeah. Like, I... I you know, and, and I, I almost wonder if he almost... Like... You know, they probably told him, hey, um, you know, we, we need to talk to you about something after the game. <laughs> like... like oh, no, the, the, no, ob- the no. obvious email or note, like, hey, would you get a chance? Can you stop by? The office or the, you know, yeah, like, like, <laughs> email with like, a like, hey, I uh, just wanted to talk about some stuff about the season after the game. <laughs> Stick around, that'd be great. And, you know, we probably like text the first request, but then they're like, no, we really need you here. <laughs> can we, do, so, can we yeah. do it tomorrow? I'm coming to the office tomorrow. I just told everyone I'm not, I'm coming into work. I'm going to come in until they, they tell me not to. And they literally told him not to, like five minutes after he said that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I know it's not funny because someone lost their livelihood and job, but whatever, dude. Anyone will survive. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'll go get Doc Rivers or hire him. He'll be out there with Doc Rivers before you know it. Probably Austin Rivers will be driving him crazy uh, with all his thoughts. But so, do you. So here's the deal. So the women presser comes, alright, and, you know, gets fired. Now it's all over the internet. We're watching the, I'm watching the Kobe game, Warriors game. I don't know if you're still up dealing with all this. And all of a sudden, this, I was like, oh my goodness, you got Kobe going for all these points. Warriors are setting the record, and my whole Wizards timeline just going nuts. <laughs> because yeah. Whitman, because the Jorge didn't tweet. First, the J. Michael, I always felt like J. Michael and him were stalking outside Grunfeld's office, waiting for this. Uh, but then, uh, Jorge tweets that, you know, it's official, he's been removed. Uh, and then Sam Mitchell was fired right away, I don't know, I think right before that, which is. Also, kind of a bummer because they were both really close to Flip Saunders, which I, which was just a gosh, what what right. unfortunate luck I, I felt for both of them. But, uh, but here's the deal: is that 
you know, there it comes. And I was like, hey, it's a new era of Wizards basketball. And it was the first tweet from the first person I get. And it goes, it's not, Adam, a new era. It's not a new era until Grunfeld's gone. And it was my first what? sign, Jake, that everyone wanted Randy Whitman gone. And then once he's gone, it. I'm not saying that. I mean, because it ended up going to the next day. But I don't know what you observe with the Wizard Online community or fans in general. But everyone wanted Randy Whitman gone. Gosh, we've been known this forever. People didn't want him hired two years ago. I was. I thought he shouldn't have got the job at the interim job uh, in 2012. But after he got the job, I thought he deserved to stay on. That was my opinion of him. Uh, a lot of people did not. They wanted to get rid of him every year. So here it is. It's finally happening. They finally can get a new coach. And then they wake up, and there's an Ernie Grenfell press conference, and he's going to be in charge of finding the next coach. And holy shit, all fucking, all hell breaks yeah. loose, Jake. Uh, what was your experience of this? Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought it was, um, I thought we Grenfell made for Morris, I thought that was a pretty telling sign that he still kind of had the confidence of monumental, you know, because that you know you're you're adding a bit of salary there, yes. you know that you know you you can't just add if you're kind of on you know shaky ground. So I thought that was kind of the first sign that he was probably staying. And then you know if you know typically you know you know if the GM's on the way out, he doesn't get to. You know, make the call on the coach. Someone above him, you know, just kind of takes it all out. So, you know, as soon as, like, the Whitman thing was announced, it's just kind of like, well, if that's out there, then Penfield's probably staying. And so I wasn't all too shocked by the actual press conference itself that he was staying, but, you know, it is um, just based on the online community and everything. I mean, I haven't heard a lot of support for Grunfeld. Um, you know, I think... Jake, 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 I used to describe... I mean, he reminds me of Blotch in the sense that you can say someone's polarizing, but that means someone's on the other side, right? Right. <laughs> like, 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 Nene, I feel like, is polarizing currently. I yep. think there's people that could say, I really want Nene, really want him to go. You can go either way, right? Bradley Beal's contract may be a little bit polarizing here and there. But Grunfeld is not polarizing whatsoever, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in an honest moment with a lot of people, I think people would say that Grunfeld has been more competent at his job than Whitman was at his. Oh, and so I think there's some, you know, Arguably, redeeming grace there, maybe, you know. But even that, you know, you can debate. But I, I, I think it's it's one of those things that I think the malaise that people are starting to realize that you know this team really is committed to you know being steadfast and stable, even even when things go the wrong way. That you know, I think people are starting to get a little fed up with the complacency. No, I, th I think you're, you're right. Is that how much is it Grunfeld is carrying out the orders of Money Metal? And it goes back to the three-year plan, correct? And if you go back to these deals that he made that he defended in his press conference, I was like, I actually agree with you, Ernie. <laughs> I was like, nobody wants to hear that right now at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no one wants to talk about how Mark keeps your first-round pick, even though I believe 
it probably could be a decent deal. He's on a, he's a young guy. He showed, he showed up, played well at the end of the season. Time will tell. I wish we would have the first round pick from a blogging standpoint. Uh, and you can kind of swing and miss. But, you know, I still feel like Ubre showed some flashes. He could be good in the future. You know, and some of the, some of the one year deals you made here and there, some worked out, some did not, but you didn't really add any long term risks on those things or give up huge assets. Uh, but nobody wants to hear that, dude. No one wants to hear. I am here. Well, I am here is what he said. Uh, it was quote. I think I might. I think I might name this podcast. Well, I am here from Ernie. Yeah. Uh, no, the reaction was just like, oh my gosh. And I would. Here's the thing about it is that that Jake is that I would try to explain to him what the plan was and why Grunfeld is is staying. And and I felt that you're correct. That once the first the first round pick was traded, that was totally a tell. I felt last week when um, Jorge Castillo out of nowhere just wrote. Uh, hey, I found out Grunfeld has another year on his contract. I felt that was some le- leaking on purpose from from the franchise yeah. to get people ready for this. Uh, that I felt was the death knell that they're not going to clean house, which I always felt like they were going going to. And here's the other thing too: is that going back to the three year plan, what has Ernie done really wrong on the three year plan? He is executed almost probably if, he, if when him and Ted sat in a meeting and they decided to do this things. And Randy Whitman probably wasn't even in this meeting. I feel like he's probably done exactly every single thing that Ted said to do. You know? Right. And, 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 and so, and here they are set up to be, to make exactly, to fulfill that whole plan that they agreed upon as an as a entity, as an organization. And they're, he's just going to get rid of Ernie, and then he's going to eat Ernie's money. And then, then he's going to what? Then go fire a whole complete GM staff, a whole complete coaching staff, and they're going to go and say, hey, Kevin Durant, come play for us. I know I fired everyone in the front office and all the coaches. Uh, come play for the stable organization. <laughs> come home. Yeah. I, I just felt that was far-fetched. Like, I felt like it almost came to me. It's, like, it's actually a tougher sell to, to get Kevin Durant if that's the actual three-year plan, especially if I'm Teddy Lonson, so especially if I'm on the monumental board and this is what you told me to do. And right here, we're ready to make our pitch to the guy that we want to come here and that's the whole point and we're going to basically argue to him that we have no management in place at all you know yeah. I, 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 you know, we can maybe go high out go higher than OKC number two and Scott Brooks uh, maybe that could happen so it was almost biz- bizarre but dude nobody wants to hear this they don't want to hear about Grunfeld shouldn't be the GM anymore the president which I agree with sometimes I'm like well hey and I got really mad at one of the last podcasts and went on a whole rant about why is Ted Leonsis not out here talking about this? Why am I telling random people on the internet or people I tweet with or I'm defending their, their logic and their plan? Because Grunfeld sure as hell can't can't defend it. And I know some of that is Grunfeld's MO with the media, but it just feels like there's a huge disconnect going on with people that are fans of this team. And uh, that is, I think you mentioned it earlier, is that's what I'm concerned about is that it seems to be a lack of transparency and a communication Um you know, maybe it's because they can't really say everything, but yo, like, you gotta recognize people are pissed right now, and, and, and right. find the coach just isn't it, and you gotta tell them what you're trying to do, and, and sell them on, especially you make the playoffs, and instead, I feel like you're hiding behind other entities of sports franchises that they own, and it's, it's one of the moments I wish that maybe just one person or one place actually owned this team, and not somebody that has multiple distractions going on. Right. How do you feel about any of that, Jake? Yeah, I, I think it's just something where, you know, I, I get the fan frustration, but you, everything you were saying about, you know, 
making a whole bunch of sweeping changes, you know, you have to kind of project some stability. Like, unless you're, like, hiring Kevin Durant's mom, you know, to be the new GM, you know, like, you know, and I'm not sure that there's, like, a GM out there specifically that, like, makes free agents, like, turn their head and be like, oh, that's interesting. You know, it, it comes down to having the right team in place and having the right, you know, money, of course. And so... Oh, the resor- I, I totally all the resources and time that he would have to commit to, to, to fire and hire a whole front office in the next, in, in make a pitch to Kevin Durant in the next two months, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, like, right? if there was a time to make that move, I think it would have been back in February. Correct. But even then, you know, they were pushing the line that, well, you know, we're just injured, and as soon as we get healthy and the schedule gets easier, things will be fine. So, you know, I think that was kind of like the window, because, you know, it's not just even replacing all your you know, front office people, but then you ha- you're, you know, months behind on scouting and everything yes. else. But granted, I mean, you don't have a draft pick anyway, so I guess maybe yes. scouting isn't a, a big concern <laughs> right away, but uh, you know, it's Reality, but um, but scouting yeah, team. I mean, hey, you I, gotta make up a summer league team, dude. You gotta, you know what I mean. You gotta, you still gonna want to scout these guys for later on in the careers at some point, right? For D league guys, yeah. I mean, and 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 that might be part of it too, because you know they do, you know, say a D league team is on the way, and you know I'm sure you know Grunfeld and the rest of the front office have had their hands in that, and if you sweep all them out, then you're back at square one trying to develop that. And so I, I get that aspect of it, but I do think there's a concern, you know, because, you know, I know we talk a lot about how, like, if you have the right process in place, you know, you can live with, you know, sometimes when the results are bad. Like, you know, when you run a good offensive set, but then the guy misses the open three, it's like, well, you know, we'll get it the next time around. But at the same time, if you have a bad process in place, but you still have that same faith in it, then you're going to keep going to it even if the results are really bad. And that's where it can be a little concerning. And I think um, depending on what happens this summer, um, it could get kind of interesting because, you know, it's like the last year of the plan, but so much money is going to be spent that affects the future beyond next year. Correct, right? I mean, they're going to have to spend the money. Yeah. They have to get players, and they have all this stuff. How, how about, yeah, and what, what happens to be, I, I know we don't want to talk about this, but what if Durant, okay, Durant re, goes back to OKC for one year, correct? Let's just say he goes back for one year, which is, I feel like, what he's probably the safe bet right now. Now, yeah. do the Wizards still have enough money to go after him the next summer? or And how much of the money would they have to spend? Because I know they have a shit ton of money, but do they have to then keep another 20, 25, 30 million for him? Or do they, can they spend it all? Or how, you know, how would that shake? I mean, how much money do they have? If they go, get, basically what I'm saying is they go get another all-star player. Do they just have not have enough? Uh, for Durant the next summer, or do they have to go out and get a couple mid-level guys, I'm saying, and save their ink drive for an all-star? That's what I'm kind of saying, without crunching all the numbers right now. Nobody cares about that. But you know know the gist I'm getting at. Yeah, because I I think it's supposed to go up another $15 million 
Yeah. So, like, that alone isn't going to get you a max guy. So, you know, once you factor in Beal probably getting a max or something very close to it, and then you're you know, I think you would. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like, I think you would probably have to run it back with more one year guys, which, you know, <laughs> okay. I think that's going to be even harder sell next year because, I mean, the summer because. You, you can't tell guys, oh, well, at the end of next year, there's this huge salary spike. I mean, it, it's still a spike, but not quite the same. And I think a lot of the guys that took the one-year deals last summer, now they want to cash in because, yeah. you know, take advantage of the time they have. So I, I think that strategy would probably work even worse this summer than it did last summer. So what you're concerned about is, say, if Kevin Durant signs with somebody else or re-ups, that the Wizards have all this money they got to give to somebody. And what if it's somebody is another Charlie Villanueva and Ben Gordon that screws the, that ends up getting Joe Dumars fired, right? Or like some con, some Albatross contracts where like, oh hey, we got all this money now, free agency, let's spend it on somebody, uh, and we give what much money to Havon. Whiteside, which I don't know if he's going to cover the Wizards, or Evan Turner. We can give $80 million to Evan Turner. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, where, where are we at with this? Like, 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 how bad is it going to go? Right. And it's like, <laughs> you know, if so if, if, you know, he executes this and it flops on its face and they decide not to bring him back next year, well, then the next guy you're bringing in has to deal with, Dick you know, Patoon, a coach Dick, Dick Patoon's $20 million salary. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to have a bunch of unbelievable contracts. Coach still tied up for another two or three years. And, you know, um, not a lot of draft assets to, you know, kind of move around to facilitate stuff. So it's kind of like by committing this one year and however much Grunfeld's getting paid, you're also committing hundreds of millions of dollars. Into his hands. Into his hands. Well, well how, right. much is, how, how much is this too? Like, to me, it's almost if just Tommy Shepard would be in charge, the fans would be a lot more chill. Like, I know a lot of fans don't know who he is. I know a lot of fans do because I feel like Grunfeld is going back to the original point I was making about hiring a whole new staff on his people. Is that Grunfeld's been here for a while, man? I mean, he's got an institution going on. I mean, he's got a lot of guys. You know, guys have left to go get other jobs. We've seen it with Denver, Phoenix. Uh, you know, Tommy Shepard's the number two. He's been interviewed for a bunch of jobs. Uh, he, recently, I think he was a candidate for the Nets job that went to uh, Sean Marks, a former, former Wizards uh, Summer League invite, which is actually kind of funny, too. Uh, uh, but the thing is, is that if, if Shepard is maybe you know making these deals as well, is there some type of succession plan that we saw with the Cavs? And maybe it wasn't a succession plan, but where, you know, according to the articles of Ted Leonsis, he interviewed a bunch of people, and then he found out the guy that he was working for him the whole time is the one that he wanted. Uh, is there some type of like, hey, this is what we want to do, but Tommy Shepard's going to take over? If, if there's some type of like succession in place that makes kind of some of this more sense uh, about Gruffalo kind of staying on as a lame duck because here's the other thing too is that fans come to me and it's not so much like I don't want Gruffalo making my coach again it's like why are we letting a lame duck dude make all these big ass decisions of our franchise and we don't know if he's going to be around right 
I mean, that's like, exactly. that, that'd be, I mean, that's just like one on one. Your average fan, your average person, you don't even have to be a fan of the Wizards, right? Just be a normal person. Be like, okay, so the guy in charge, been there forever. Success is kind of mixed. You had a disappointing season. You got all this money, and you fired your coach. You're gonna have him hire a coach. Why well, he has? A, he's on a one year deal, and then you're gonna have him spend hundreds of million dollars of contracts and try to recruit Tony Durant. Like that doesn't seem a very conducive strategy for a winning. Uh, that's not the right situation you need. And here's the deal, Jake. Right? So that all makes sense to you. Why is Ted Leonsis not not having a press conference to tell us all this? Why is he ducking the media? Right. He he ducked he ducked Jorge Castilla for an interview, which I put on my last podcast. What I went off on a whole rant, which I'm not going to, is once again, it's not even about me explaining to these people. It's like explain to me, explain to you, explain to all these people, like what your vision is. It, defend yourself. Like I actually will probably agree with you. You know what I mean? Like like right. I will see your wisdom logic. He's not a dumb guy. And then when he goes and gives an interview and says, well, I can't even tweet anything, well, they'll just say fire the coach. I'm like, that's just, you're dumbing down what I'm talking about. I just told you right now, yeah. hey, this, a normal person is asking why you're going to give so much power and decision making into a lame duck position, uh, which you probably wouldn't do in a lot of your a lot of your entities that you own. Why are you doing it right now with the Wizards? Answer that question, right? And like, hey, it's a part of a, a, our yeah. plan, or Tommy Shepard's going to be in charge next, or yada, 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 Jake, yada, yada, yada. Like, tell me something. Instead, there's nothing, right? And that's that's what leads to my frustration. And once again, I feel like I'm not even asking you a question. I'm just ranting and waiting for you to comment. <laughs> no, but no, I, like, I totally agree. I, I think there, you know, it's it's interesting how... Ted has been very like dark regarding the Wizards, and, all and year, I mean, right? I think to some, all year, do you think? Yeah. yeah, I mean, but I mean, to be fair, even though he's you know he's tweeting out a lot of selfies at like Caps games and stuff, <laughs> like I think on the whole, his you know he's putting out a lot less yes. than he has in previous years. That's probably not a bad thing. Like from like you know like. You know, as much as I love dissecting quotes and everything, like, I can understand why you wouldn't want to talk because, you know, guys like me and you then yes. analyze everything. No, like, no, no click, like, no click. Remember the part where you said no click? I like that one. <laughs> like, I can get that, but it, it, it is, you know, silence can say a lot as well. And I think, you know, it is kind of interesting that, you know, he hasn't really had a lot to say. And, you know, and I think, you know, I don't fault him for, like, having his hands in a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, that's his M.O., that's his M.O., but, you know, you you have to still make sure you're communicating some sort of a vision to the people because I do think, you know, I've heard, you know, just discussions I've had with people, there's a lot ticket holders that yes. are getting fed up totally. ticket that you know want to see some kind of sign that they're not satisfied with the way things have gone because I think you can draw a lot of parallels between the way things have gone with the rebuild with wall and the rebuild with arenas it's you know a lot of the same strengths and a lot of the same weaknesses and the same people in charge. Yeah, no, it, it's fun if you don't want to distract yourself from the cast success, what's happening right now. I get it. But when you're on Fox Business talking about 
millennials. I just, I, 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 I'm sorry. I just broke exactly what I would said. I said I wouldn't say something about. I would make an arena comment, right? Is that what I said? I said I would make an arena comment. <laughs> I'm gonna break that, Jake. When he's talking about reaching millennials on arena ball, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you won't do an interview with the beat writer of the Washington Wizards for the Washington Post, who wants to talk to all your, who wants to interview and ask you questions about your team. To communicate to your ticket holders, to your everyone who consumes your your product that you talk about all the time. Instead, you're out here talking about how this you're going to revolutionize arena ball for millennials. Like I wish it was a different guy, dude. Like it just it drives me up a wall. Like like I don't know why it drives me up a wall. It's like I don't really care what he says here or there, but you know, hey, he's on a bunch of boards. He, you know, he's very successful. He's got a lot going on. And I'm not going to make all these like jackass comments, but like you're the owner of this franchise, man. Like this is year six. You own it year six. I believe in your whole plan, and I'm not even going to go back into your plan and, and and call you out and all the hypocritical stuff that you've actually done. Uh, it's just that when you, I think that you you are right in the sense that two years ago he before one of the games he said that you know he blogged a bunch of you know negative stuff about how he's going to make more money than all the bloggers combined in one night. Which was just a quote that I, I still love to bring back up uh, once in a while, which is just uncalled for. So maybe I don't need him blogging, right? We don't need him blogging because maybe there's no, there's more net negative than positive, and that's fine. And I think the I, th- I think that the Caps new GM actually said said that to him, I believe, in his interview. I think right. I, he said that to him straight up his interview. He's like, "Yeah, I want this job, but uh, I don't want you out here blogging." Hey, I don't blame him because I feel like some of the pressure Randy Whitman got last year. Uh, from the media was when, when, hey, we're talking about how the owner's blogging about analytics and I'm asking the coach about it and he's being a fuddy-duddy, <laughs> right? right. That, that didn't help his coach out at all. Right. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'll be sitting, I'm trying to do my job. My boss is out here, you know, kind of indirectly talking slander about a game that I've been coaching for 30 years. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I've been a part of it for 30 years. I don't know if that was a plus for, for his entities. But right now, when things go bad, dude, it can't just be when things things go well for you to gloat, and things go bad for you to to, to duck and not be, not be involved. Uh, I, and you know, and hey, and I'm out here supporting his his practice facility. I have supported that practice facility more than anyone. This is not about just a person just being accessible and going back to your being transparent to the fans. And right now, this is the most time he has to be there because when. And give you a great example. He said he's tweeting, I'm going to fire the coach. What's everyone say? Look how negative, all the negative comments he got about just him saying something nice about Randy Whitman. And that felt bad. You know, that's a lot of online comments there, Jake. But a lot of it was just like, dude, you haven't been around talking about this team. And, and people feel like it's rudderless right now. You know? Right. And, and, and that the, where are they headed? Is that, is, that, is that how you feel as well? I mean, is that the overall sentiment you get from the Bullets Forever community that, you, that you're in? Yeah, the, the sentiment that I get a lot is that it's just Ted feels like Ernie knows enough with basketball that he can kind of let it run its course, and you know they feel like they get to the playoffs, things are fine, they get the extra revenue, and the new TV, they're, the they're new static. TV deals coming in, right? Don't rock the boat, right? Yeah, it's just like don't don't um, break or don't don't fix what isn't broken, mm-hmm. and you know I guess you could argue to that extent. You know if 
if the team, un, you know, disappoints in one year, then you can say the coach is broken, picks the coach, and then, you know, just keep puttering along. But, you know, glossing over a lot of the draft mistakes that have nothing to do with the coach and other kind of missteps, you know, I think, you know, to be fair to Grunfeld, there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's easy to just look under every draft pick and find one player that's better. You know, you yeah. can do that, you know, with every GM. But, you know, there's just some chronic, repetitive takes that, that keep coming up, and it just seems like the same set pattern. And I think that's what's got a lot of fans frustrated. Yeah, it's, it's important to the player development, right? It, it's, right. Like, it's, it's like those combinations of... of of, you know, not working out on these draft picks. I never saying, like, I go off about, you know, drafting Jan Vesely instead of Kawhi, right? Or, 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 or Clay Thompson. I can sit there and go off it because that's, just, that's what I said at the time. And that's what I still say now. Same time, same thing about Sadoransky and Jermaine, Jermaine Green. I mean, hell, I'm still mad about selling the pick. Uh, they didn't draft Juan Blair <laughs> in 2009. Right. I don't know. I, I'm actually probably more upset that they don't have a second round pick this year, Jake, than ever. I don't know. I'm just weird about the draft. I mean, two years ago when they sell that pick uh, with my family, all ready for this draft. We don't have a first round pick because we trade for Gortat. Here we go. It's time for the Wizards. It's time for the Wizards. Oh, yeah, they have sold it. It's just like, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, like, so some of it is like a fan thing. It's kind of like you want to, you know, you want a ticket, you want a raffle ticket at the at the fair, right? You want something, something. When you have no stake, I get it. But so individually, I understand you miss on these picks all the time. But you know, when Ted Ness is talking about building from the youth, and we're gonna talk about uh, getting these tough players, and you let Trevor Booker go, and 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 you don't really just you give money to Martel Webster and Andre Blotts, both of those contracts don't work out. Uh, and when you try to try to build some of these like players, you know the only ones you really have right now are Wall and Beal and Otto to a certain extent. But it doesn't seem to be some type of like young talent guys that you're letting grow with the organization, which he talked about, and then being willing to go into the and then go, being willing to go into the luxury tax, which you said you would if it was time to win a title. So I'm I'm holding that out for that criticism. Uh, I don't see them ever doing that. Uh, you are. They are set up to be flexible, what you're saying, but the point is, I think, what causes us all concern is how much do you have any faith into Ernie Grunfeld and Ted Leonsens and this new coach executing that plan to get them to a title? Because going back to your point is that when he got the job, what do you want to be? And you tweeted this out today, which is going to be a good segue to our uh, brief last topic because I've cut, cut you on, but we're gonna, we have to mention this before we go, is you tweeted this out. You're like, wow, the Wizards... Uh, 2010 or 12 want to be the next Thunder. They're going to draft all these young guys, right? Wall, Wesley, Beal, Otto. They're going to be next Thunder. Beal through the draft. Uh, now, in 2016, they're going to hire the Thunder's ex-coach uh, to, sa- to save the day. I think that kind of epitomizes where we're at currently with this franchise. Correct? Yeah. If, if you can't beat them, become them. Absorb them. Make them yourself. And, you know, basically just take everyone and everything that was good about the Thunder and make it yours. I mean, just older and... <laughs> How does, that make, does that make any sense? What was the other tweet you had, too? You had another one that was really funny about the Thunder. I think I retweeted um, about it. Yeah, it was, it was, I think it was uh, something about, you know, you know, let's, let's stockpile a bunch of draft assets and then, you know, now we're here and we're just jettisoning 
draft picks, you know, left <laughs> and right. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make doesn't make any sense. Uh, speaking of, you wrote another good piece. I'm going to link all these two, by the way, in the show notes. You wrote a good piece breaking out. I thought uh, all all the candidates here for the job. Uh, it looks like Scott Brooks is the leading candidate currently to be uh, the next Wizards coach. We buried this at the end of this podcast because. I don't know how much I want to go to a whole podcast about coaching candidates and then Aaron Grunfeld will just be Aaron Grunfeld and we'll get him off the hook of all this weirdness that, that has happened. So that's why I wanted to go on that first. So I guess I buried the lead there, those wondering, for, for those wondering, uh, I way buried the lead here at the end. Scott Brooks immediately comes, immediately is reported by multiple outlets. Now there's reports again, uh, that he looks like he's interviewing this week. I've not seen anything specifically when that was actually happening. It could be happening tonight. It could be happening right now during this podcast. Who knows? They could be going to Buco to Pepo tomorrow, uh, or you know, somewhere, somewhere. Uh, I don't know. Throw that name out there. Uh, you know, I don't know. Somewhere, somewhere in the Chinatown area, somewhere else. Uh, hey, Zentania is another good place. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, and then the other ones are Tom Thibodeau, Jeff Hornacek, Mike Dittoni, uh Sam Cassell. Our ones thrown out, and also Mark Jackson, Kevin McHale, Nate McMillan, and Jay Wright were also names that Jorge Castillo has reported. Uh, let's just start with Scott Brooks. Before we get into these other names, I don't really want to get into too much of these names because I don't know how much it matters. Is it just his job to lose right now, or where 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 do you feel like we're at with this coaching search here, Jake? Yeah, I feel like um, if Scott Brooks isn't the Wizards coach, it's because someone swooped in with a more appealing position. I think Brooks is, is the guy. I think he's always been the Wizards guy. I think it's just, I think he might be buying his time just to make sure maybe the Lakers spot doesn't come open. And, you know, maybe just to make sure that the Knicks or the, you know, Timberwolves don't make a call. But I think, you know, for, for, for different reasons, neither one of those teams are really interested in Brooks, and I think you know it, it's, I think it's more that Brooks would have to say no than the Wizards would pass on him. Would pass on him. I, what are the pros and cons of Scott Brooks that you see? Okay. Um, Pros-wise, I think you know, it mostly comes down to player development. If, you know, you know, even if you want to say Westbrook and Durant were just kind of byproducts of being great and they really didn't need a coach to be great, you still have a lot of other young guys that have grown in Oklahoma City, like Baca, like Steven Adams, you know, Cephalosha even, you know, after not being great in Chicago, really found a role in Oklahoma City and became something a lot better than he was. And, yeah, I think there's some organizational things that you can point to for part of that development, but I don't think you can completely say Brooks didn't play a role in that. And given the way Washington has really struggled to develop guys, I think that's a huge um, pro for him. You know, I think you can even argue that, you know, that's the real one, the one real-world kind of thing that he can offer that the Wizards really need beyond just like the you know chance at maybe luring KD. 
like that's a tangible thing that Washington can use. You know, the cons, you know, I think most people are familiar with. He's kind of... <laughs> yes, yes. I need, I, need you I, uh, I need you to repeat them, though. I need you... <laughs> uh, you know, just not the most imaginative um, X's and O's guy. And, uh, you know, maybe one that likes to cling to certain lineups that aren't effective just because they have certain veteran leaders. You know, like think about all the times Kendrick Perkins and like Derek Fisher were out on the floor for them. Like, you know, you'd have like four guys under 25 and then like a, you know, a fossil out there with them. In crunch time, you, like, in crunch time like, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, if, if you had problems with like Marcus Thornton or Kelly Oubre, you know, it's might not get better with Brooks in some respect, but you know, at the same time, you know, maybe Brooks finds that thing that Kelly Oubre can do to enhance his profile and make him into a better player. It just, you know, might not always be optimized the way most people would do that. But, um, you know, I think to be fair on some of that X's and O's stuff, you could argue like with the roster he had, it would be silly not to do a lot of simple stuff just to let Durant and Westbrook be themselves and maybe, you know, having a, you know, a better pass first kind of point guard. It's more in the mold of the way Scott Brooks played when he was a player. Maybe Brooks shows off some more of that offense if he takes the Washington job. Well, I think the other, the other criticism that comes to mind, I, I also believe Bill Simmons, uh, brings this up often was not having Durant or Westbrook on the court at all times. Like there'd be times when we're both of them wouldn't be on the bench together, <laughs> which seems kind of, <laughs> which is kind of yeah. easy to, easy to do, uh, in the whole Kendrick Perkins things and being, uh, less of initiative. I did listen to a Zach Lowe interview podcast with him. I don't know, a month ago or so. Uh, in Zach Lowe brought some of the stuff up. I thought his, his answers were, they're okay. Uh, yeah, it it does it does seem to me that this is a huge Grunfeld move, uh, and that and that not even about the Katie Durant lore. Even though uh, since we have hired someone that he was associated with high school and potentially now the pros, do I need to find out his staff for Texas? Do I need to find right. out who 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 did Kevin Durant the Rick Barnes staff? I need to find out who was on staff with Rick Barnes. Uh, in Texas, exactly. Kevin Durant play there, so we need to find that out. I'll get some names, let the people know to find out who the next target is of this Washington Wizards organization. Uh, in, you know, in all seriousness, though, that is that if you go back to Grunfeld's hires, you know, he really has only hired one coach, and I said that to somebody. They're like, "What do you mean?" It's like, "No, he only had he inherited Eddie Jordan. Ed, Ed Tapscott mm-hmm. was Ed Tapscott was an interim." And then he hired Flip Saunders, and then okay. Flip Sa- then they hired then Flip- then he promoted Flip Saunders number two, Randy Whitman, and then they hired Randy Whitman without even interviewing anyone. Now someone says they will say, "Well, you have to count Randy Whitman," and I was like, "Yes, technically you count him," but I'm saying there was no coaching search, right? Like there was right. not an actual coach search. You promoted within, you knew you didn't interview other people, which I obviously disagreed with. I, I so I asked uh, Michael Lee. Uh, former former writer asking me the other day is like, hey, you know when they did the coaching search for Flip Saunders, 
Uh, who did else in the interview? And you know what he said? No one. They wanted flip yep. starters, and they went right in and hired him. And I'm like, oh, the writing's on the wall. This Scott Brooks thing, man. Like, exactly. it's the same thing, right? It's like they yep. want Scott Brooks. They're not going to really probably interview anyone else unless Scott Brooks. If the number, unless there's some, they lowball him. But I don't think they'll really lowball him. I mean, they'll probably figure out some number, right? I mean, Scott Brooks really. Right. I don't know how much Scott Brooks right now is in the in the. In the power to be like, oh, I have all these jobs. You know, he has some jobs that he has, his names are mentioned in, but it's not like he's a hot commodity where everyone wants Scott Brooks, right? I mean, let's be honest. I, I think that he could get another job if it's not the Wizards, but it's not like he can be like, oh, hey, you know, I want, you know, so much more money or use them to go get more money on somebody. I, I, I think it's just more like he wants another job and for a decent, decent situation. Uh, I, I don't see them being able to leverage so much more money, and I don't see the Wizards being that much cheaper on the money, um, especially if that's who they want. Right. Right. I mean, to be fair, they they paid Flip pretty well. No, they played football too. No, mm-hmm. no, no. They did play football. They paid him like five million bucks, right? Yeah. Five six million yeah. bucks. Exactly. Right. And they, you know, yeah, and then they kind of. And then, then they ate half of it, and then went cheap with Whitman and the Grunfeld afterwards. <laughs> to, to go to go back, so it seems like this is more of a Scott Brooks thing. How before any of these other ones, if it wasn't for this, who else? What other type of coach would you like to see lead this team before we end this conversation? Because I don't know how much I really want to get into Tom Thibodeau, Hornacek, D'Antoni, Cassell. Jackson, McHale, McMillan, right? Uh, I mean, obviously, there's other ones we can say. Those are the ones that are reported. I know you wrote about the pros and cons of each one of these, which are a link. Uh, any of these other ones stand out for maybe that do it more for you? Uh, the ones that have been mentioned? Or are there other ones? Or what type of coach do you see that this franchise has? Or, or Jake, is it really hard? Because who the hell is going to be on this team? Uh, we only have five players. <laughs> Six players on the contract. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone forgets that part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, like, other, like, retreadish guy that I kind of find interesting is Kevin McHale. Yeah. Because I think you could, you know, I, I think a lot of people kind of credit Houston's success to, you know, kind of Maury kind of making the system. And, you know, it wasn't really so much McHale, and some would argue he kind of got in the way. But at least he kind of understands, like, the tenets and the concepts of, you know, really spreading the floor and just kind of letting your star guy do his thing and, you know, fanning out people around him to, you know, fire away. And, you know, so I'd kind of be okay with that if, like, you're really ready to just embrace, like, a total, you know, analytical, revolutionary kind of way of playing. Like, I'd be okay with that. Like, I wouldn't love it. But, you know, like, if you said Mikhail, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. But other than that, you know, I just, you know, the thing that's frustrating is that, you know, they're really not looking at assistance other yes. than Sam Cell, who is, you know, someone they can vouch for because he's been there. And it's just like, it just, it reeks of fear and just kind of not trusting coaches like outside of like the circle that you kind of know and can quantify. Like give us, think, give us someone a shot, right? Like they can't give us someone a shot unless yeah. they they're already in their little familiar bubble, right? Yeah, well, and like you know, I I don't know if you saw all this. Like Kerr said, no one's 
reached out about Luke Walton yet. Which is like, like really? You can't make a call about Luke Walton. You can't really? Least, like, look, maybe just get him on the phone. We, we can bring. I mean, you know, are they scared that he was going to bring Gilbert Arenas on staff? <laughs> you know, I, I get the appeal of Brooks, but it's not like wow. you're 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 limited here. You've got options, and, you know, I think it's kind of silly not to explore it more. I mean, of course, you know, we don't know all the back-channel stuff and everything that's going on. Maybe Curtis throwing BS out there to, you know, get the team motivated. Mess with Phil Jackson in the next, too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the thing is that, but I think you bring up the point I want, is like, why are we not interviewing more people? I mean, I get if you want Scott Brooks as your man, but Scott Brooks... You know, embodies all the offensive limitations that Randy Whitman has. You have everyone has screened about Randy Whitman about. Now, obviously, he's different. He has a different style. He can maybe develop the young players here and there. Maybe he's better in the second go around. Maybe it'll be like Bill Belichick. He'll be better on the second gig. Something like that. I get it. But what his deficiencies were were the same ones we've been complaining about about the other coach. And so, what do I see that? That, what is he arguing in these meetings that says he's going to change anything different, or is that not even coming up? That's the thing that worries me. Second of all, why can't you interview these young guys, like you just said? And where are the young guys? Like, the Nets just hired this guy. Why Why? why is that guy's name thrown out for the job? Some, You know, I looked at his pedigree, you know, assistant, worked his ass off, different different jobs here and there. They gave him a shot. Looks at some communications. There's tons of number twos out there that are young and deserve a job. And that's why Sam Cassell is the one for me, Jake. Uh, I feel like he's he has the ear of Bradley Beal and John Wall. He demands respect. Uh, I would like to see him uh, get a job, especially after they did not pay to, to keep him. They could have they ponied up to keep him, and they didn't. Uh, I, I, and so I would like to see them give give him a shot at a job. And, and you know, I think there has to be some type of Point guard, maybe Mikhail's the one you said because Mikhail maybe could, you know, been a player and, you know, saw he'd been the system with James Harden. But there has to be something, some coach that you can really develop with, with Wall and Beal. And maybe you think Scott Brooks is that, is that it, that's it. But I, I, I have my, my concerns that he really is him. But if it's about giving Kevin Durant and we get Kevin Durant because we get his old coach, because that's what the part of the plan and the process, uh, I'm all in, Jake. They're smart and we're stupid, right? Right. Well, <laughs> and, and to be fair, I mean, the way Billy Donovan has been coaching up the Thunder this year certainly could help maybe make Durant long for what he had, which might be appealing. But I, you know, I still think that's a long shot and not at the top of his priority list, but it, it couldn't hurt. I. Yes, that that is true, Jake. I will have you on. I swear again on another podcast. I'll give you some time away because uh, uh, Katie to DC is something we'll probably have to talk about for a long time. Because what the hell else we're going to talk going to talk about? Uh, we're going to break down. Are we going to send sign Kent Bazemore or make an offer for Jordan Clarkson, a guy that we drafted? You know, some 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 free agent some free agent gems out there to, that are going to, uh, of course, garner. Huge, huge money. Or did we sign Harrison Barnes to a to a max deal? 
Stuff like that, right? Is that what we have to look forward to in, in May or June? Or Dwight Howard. Oh, God. I, Dwight Howard. I mean, this... I, I don't even like him personally, but I think that he's just not as good. I mean, wh- how is he that big of an upgrade over Gortat right now? I don't think yeah. so. I mean, maybe defensively here and there, but Gortat's a way better offensive like pick and roll player. Gort, I mean, aside, yeah. he's he's not a good pick and roll player. Anymore. I mean, what dunks? He has good picks and dunks, but he can't really score the way Gortat can, right? Right. And what a better way to to slap Gortat in the face. Again, and then, like, bring back the guy that kept him from being a starter when he came into the league. He gets his contract, and you would bring you would bring Dwight Howard back. <laughs> that, that, that is that is kind of a funny angle, especially how uh, yeah. especially how sensitive he can be at times as well. But the one question I want to I want to say I want to end on the KDDC contact is: What are we rooting for here on this OKC thing? Do we need them to flame out? Do we need them to go on a long run? If, if our, if no, we, you, we want to flame out, right? Absolutely. Okay. The sooner the better. The, 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 like, the, the Raymond Felton game was good for KDVC. It was a good moment. Raymond Felton balling out, I'll say. Yeah. Like, it, like if, if you don't have some sort of, like, a moment of concern if Raymond Felton's beating your, your team, like, if you're not starting to have, like, a personal crisis, like, that's, you know, that's concerning. And, you know, I, I mean, I do think, you know, Rick Carlisle, you know, he's a great coach. He's going to pull out a game or two. But, you know, I still think the Thunder will be fine. But, yeah, you, you have you absolutely have to root for chaos because you can't even get your foot in the door without discussion with KD unless he's out of the door at OKC. Who, who do they play next if they win? They play Clippers? Uh, no, they the have. Uh, they would have the Spurs. Okay, so we want. So we need them either to have this go, what six or seven against Dallas. I think they'll prevail versus Dallas as well, especially with Chandler Parson out. I, I don't see Dallas has has enough firepower. Uh, but we need really. So if that doesn't happen, extend it unless there's a huge upset or enough mild upset, and then just have the Spurs just wax them, just like yeah. sweep, like not even close. Yeah. Like, yeah, know. make it clear that he has no shot ever being anything in the Western Conference. Yeah, like like Kawhi, like Kawhi and the Marcus just destroy him too, right? Like we need yeah. like the young Spurs just to do really well. Yeah. <laughs> and then he watches, yeah. then, he, then he watches like, then he watches the Warriors and the Spurs go at it, and it's like Draymond against the Marcus, and you know Kawhi and Clay are all over the place, and just like, yo, dude, these guys are going nowhere for a long time, right? Exactly. And then you have then you have LeBron limping over the East, like trying 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 to get his team past the Pistons or the or, or whoever wins those other ones. I have no idea who's going to win those other 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 matchups. Uh, but but yeah, I, 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 like, I, I like where we're headed here with this, Jake. Yeah, because like if if Cleveland self implodes, you know, which you know, like say they flame out and lose to Toronto, that makes the path to the finals even clearer. If he goes to Washington or anywhere in the East, yeah. so that helps the case too. I, I agree. Or, or I guess if he joins Golden State for the for for the end of the basketball NBA. Uh, but yes, I like where we're headed with this. Uh, I'm gonna have it back on Jake. But hey, dude, thanks so much for all this. I know this went way super long, but I mean, this last last week in the season, I <laughs> I needed some of your wisdom, Jake. I needed. Usually, it's just me. <laughs> I mean, you. 
I mean, obviously, a lot of this is just me venting here and here back and forth, and you saying yes, Adam, I agree with you. But I, I understand <laughs> your your no. But I needed your wisdom and your take, and just what's going on of uh, your, the your community and the stuff that you're seeing, and you're talking me down from the ledge here and there on on some things, but also sharing in these uh, these frustrations because this is not the last that we're going to hear about all these things we covered on this podcast tonight, right? I mean, I mean, I mean these are stuff that goes over and over, and sometimes. You know, 140 characters aren't enough. <laughs> right? No, absolutely. Yeah, it is uh, not not the best medium always to vent it all out. Yeah, and, and also it's just given, you know, we spend too much time on this godforsaken team and and, and having people listen uh, that we're human beings and, and uh, that we... Uh, we struggle with the decision making of this franchise just as well as you do, <laughs> and sometimes maybe it doesn't come as come as clear uh, in the writing that we can because you can't just say, "Hey, everyone sucks, fire everyone," over and over and over. But you know that's what comment sections are for, correct? But it's also yeah. that 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 there is the same feelings that that are produced by the puzzling decisions of this team and just the unknown right now. I mean, this team has such an unknown, Jake. Like, I, I, it almost kind of hit me too. Like, okay, wow, we're not going to be the eight seed. And then we're like, okay, we got to get a coach. All right, well, then we get a coach. Like, then we got to get a shit ton of players. But we have no picks. <laughs> and we got to wait for this all to happen. It's just like this really bizarre, unknown aspect of this franchise that I re- and it's not... I don't know. It's not that exciting as much. I don't know. I mean, does it feel exciting? I feel like before when we were really terrible and bad, we're like, all right, we're going to get these number of awesome picks. Like, we're going to get, you know, all these good young players and we're going to get these people and get better. And I felt like it was more exciting. Now it's just kind of like, all right, I hope we get some players so we don't suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's a much more uh, hesitant optimism than it used to be. Right? Well, more so than like, oh, dude, we just need two pieces for the title. Right? Right. <laughs> I, I, but I don't feel like we got John Wall and Bradley Beal. And by the way, they're going to resign him. We don't need to go over that, right? Yeah, he's back. Okay, I think so as well. I, I don't want to spend too much time on that. You know, we're, they are stuck in this weird kind of neutral spot, right? Of the franchise? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like... It, you know, there's always all this talk about kind of avoiding the middle, and it feels like that's exactly where we are. And I really don't know where the path out is without just going down in flames. Uh, and 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 our final record was forty-one and forty-one. <laughs> Even Steven, exactly. you called it. Well, that's not note, a bit more average if, if they tried. That 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 it'd be hard. I think it would have been hard to be more average. Uh, I was trying to make a Seinfeld reference, but Jake, thank you so much, man. Anything going on your site these days? Or are you just are you kicking it? Vacation? Anything? Um, you got, anything you want to tell the people? Um. Yeah. Just um. We got a thing um coming up here on the site uh, where we're talking to um one of the OKC bloggers about kind of the differences between Brooks and Donovan. And uh, just some interesting oh, nice. stuff there, and uh, yeah. So, um, not not the all not completely encouraging, but there are some glimmers in there that are good. So, check it out. Cool. I'll, I'll, I do have to check that out, and I'll probably um, I don't know. I see this wrapping up by the end of the week, me personally. So 
we'll, we'll see what happens unless there's some huge thing that changes. And Scott Brooks will be the coach, and uh, we'll have to get new designer glasses because I will not want to have glasses that look like Scott Brooks. Uh, or maybe I should. Who knows? Maybe he's styling more than I am these days. And we can just keep asking him over and over questions about Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Uh, but anyway, Jake, it's enough of me blabbing. Uh, I think you've spent too much time with me, but I appreciate it, man. And uh, I will uh, have you back on soon. Uh, cool, dude. Thanks, buddy. Yep, thank you. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. Uh, I, this, this monster podcast went extremely long. And I'll probably break up in two spots. So this will be the second part. So thanks uh, again. And everyone have uh, a great spring-ish. Uh, I don't know. This isn't over. We're going to hire Scott Brooks. I'll be back on here blabbing away, probably with Kyle or something. So uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Appreciate your support. And as always, go Wiz. I'm losing my mind now, it's in my head